We now take you into a service already in progress where Pastor Ashish exhorts the congregation and leads them in making the declaration. And right after this is a life-changing message for you. This is God's word. This is God speaking to me. I am who God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. I will become everything God has promised. I am saved, healed, delivered, redeemed. I am blessed, victorious, prosperous, triumphant. I'm a minister of God, a servant of Christ, and a channel of His blessing to many people. I receive His word. I believe His word. And I live by His word. Christ is my master. And to Him, I am. In absolute surrender, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Let's turn in our Bibles to John chapter 12. I want to just share some thoughts here from John chapter 12 with us this morning. John chapter 12. We're going to read verses 23 to 26. Jesus is uh, talking to his disciples, preparing them for what is about to come, that he was going to be crucified on the cross he was going to be nailed to the cross and that he was eventually going to be resurrected. So he's preparing them for it. So here's what he says in verse 23, John chapter 12. Jesus answered them saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Saying, look, there's a time of glory coming. There's a time of resurrection coming. The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Then he goes into something different. Verse 24. Most assuredly I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves him, my father will honor. This morning, I just want to take some time to talk to us about the process of dying. The process of dying. Now, I don't think that's what you came to hear this morning. <laughs> so I want to come to church. I want to be here, something good and strong. But I think it's important for us to know some of the ways in which God works in our lives. The process of dying. Now, there is the natural physical process or natural physical event of death. You die, you're buried, and you move on into the life after. That's physical death. But there is something that God works in all of our lives in the course of our journey. And it's a cycle that happens over and over again. And it's this which we call the process of dying. It doesn't happen just once in our lives. And it doesn't happen in only one area of our lives. As you walk with God, you will see that this process of dying repeats, happens over and over again. The cycle keeps repeating. 
And it happens in different areas of our lives. And I don't think there's anyone here who could say, you know, I've been through one cycle, that's it. I'm resurrected, I've, I'm perfect now. No, God takes us over and over again to the process of dying. In verse 23, he said, you know, I'm going to be glorified. Here, the time has come for me to be glorified. There's a resurrection coming up. But I want to say something. Before the resurrection, here's what happens. And he describes that for us in verse 24. And he uses something from our world to help us understand it. He says, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it brings forth much grain. Grain of wheat, any seed that we take. He says, if that seed is left by itself, it's a singular seed. No fruit, cannot benefit anybody. But if that seed is put into the ground, it's going to die. Something's going to happen, but there's a resurrection coming. There's a time coming when that seed, after it's gone through that process of germination in the ground, is going to spring up and it's going to result in much grain. It's going to result in increase. It's going to result in multiplication. It's going to result in fruitfulness. However, that cannot happen without it first dying. Amen? And in all of our lives, God works in that manner. You look at nature around you and you see this so true happening over and over again. All of vegetation, all of farming, everything happens based on this principle. Seeds are sown. They are allowed to be in the ground. Some may be a week, some may be several weeks, some even months in the ground before you can see any sign of life. And grow up and then there is fruit. But that one seed results in a multiplication fruit. And God works the same way in our lives over and over again. So I want us to just think through on this. You know, how, how does that happen in our lives? I mean, how does God bring about this process of dying in our lives? How does it happen? And I also want us to think through on why does God allow us to go through this process? Because sometimes it is painful. Being in the ground for a long time is not very pleasing. So... Why? If he's a good God, why? This process of death in our lives happening over and over again in different areas of our lives. And finally, I want us to think through on, you know, what should be our response? What should be our reaction as God is taking us through this process of dying? Now, for some of you sitting this morning, you're in your resurrection season. saying, hallelujah, I've got my multiplication. It's harvest time in my life right now. You know, and, and that's wonderful. We'll celebrate that with you. But many of us this morning sitting here are right in the middle of that process of dying in our lives. It is also quite possible that in some areas of your lives, you're having resurrection. You're having increase, multiplication, fruitfulness. And yet, at the same time, in other areas of your life, you could be going through the process of dying. 
You're in the middle of that season in one area of your life and you're saying, God, this is painful. I'm in the ground. When will this get over? And yet in other areas of your life, there is fruitfulness, there is increase and you're enjoying the blessings of having completed your cycle of dying. It's where it could be. But let's think through on this. You know, how does God allow this process of dying in our lives? Here are some ways. First of all, I think... Many times God allows that to come into our lives through circumstances and through people. Things happen in our lives that are just beyond our control. The circumstances come into our lives. They're just beyond our control. I mean, you didn't orchestrate that circumstance. You didn't even know it was coming on you. There was no indication that a storm was coming and suddenly it appeared circumstances and sometimes it's what people cause in our lives and they stir up our nest so to speak and we find ourselves plunging into this whole process of dying we are like that seed that is now thrown into the ground in a certain area of our life and 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 and, and you're dying in that area think about joseph let's use some illustrations from the bible think about joseph you know, God gave him this wonderful dream and he dreams and he said, you know, this is what I'm going to become in life. I'm going to come to this great place of promotion and influence in my life. And he was so excited, just as any young person would be when they think of what they're going to accomplish in life. And then they don't realize they have to write their entrance exam. And that's like a process of dying. It's like, whoa, the dream is wonderful, but you've got to go through the process. After your exams, then there's the college to go through. So Joseph, he had this wonderful dream. He told his brothers, this is what my future is going to be like. And then all of a sudden, his brothers turn around against him. They sell him off as a slave. And they go and lie to the father saying, some wild beast in the field has killed your son. Joseph is dead. But when really they have, they have sold him off as a slave because they were so jealous about him. And so here Joseph finds himself in a foreign land, in a strange land, working as a slave, going through the process of dying. That dream that God had given him was so crushed. I don't know whether Joseph still held on to that dream or whether he just gave up. I don't know what emotions he went through, what struggles he went through as he was so crushed working as a servant When he really had those dreams of excellence, those dreams of greatness, those dreams of significance for his life. But then, resurrection day came. Then came the end of the process. When he came out and there was much grain, there was much harvest, there was increase, there was fruitfulness, he stepped into his destiny. So maybe you're going through a process of death in your life because of circumstances, because of situations that are outside your control. And maybe it's people doing things to you and saying, God, how can this be? But understand that at the end of this process, there is fruitfulness, there's increase, there's multiplication. Secondly, the process of death sometimes happens because of our own mistakes. You know, we are all human. We make wrong choices, wrong decisions, mistakes in our lives. Which plunge us into this this 
this whole process of dying in those areas of life. Certain areas of life. Think for example Moses. God sovereignly orchestrated where he had to be positioned. He was in Pharaoh's palace. He was schooled really well, educated really well, trained. And by the time he was 40, the Bible says he knew that God had a very specific purpose for his life. He knew that God had raised him up to be a deliverer for his people. He knew it. He knew the calling. He He could just see the handiwork of God. But he made a mistake. He decided to pursue the call of God by his own strength. So he goes out one day and he steps into a conflict and he kills a man. He kills an Egyptian in order to deliver a Hebrew brother. But that was a big mistake. Because from then on, he had to run for his life, fleeing the wrath of Pharaoh. And for 40 years, he was all by himself in the wilderness. This was the man who was called to be a deliverer. He knew the time had come, but 40 years in the wilderness. Now at the end of the 40 years, God says, okay, Moses, I think you're dead enough now. (laughs) Come on. You know, actually, Pharaoh had died. So the man who was after Moses' life was gone. So God said, okay, maybe you'll be ready to go back now. So Moses, come. Let's fulfill the original dream, the original vision. What I had raised you up for, let's go do it. And Moses says, God, not me. Please try Aaron. Not me, God, not me. He had come to a place where he had died to total reliance on self and reliance on his own abilities and reliance on all his schooling and education to the point where God says, now Moses, let's go back and fulfill the dream. He said, not me, God. And God had to convince him, saying, Moses, you are the man. You are the one I want to use. And sure enough, resurrection day came. The time of glory came when he could step into the call and see it fulfilled. But 40 years, because of his own mistakes. Sometimes, why do we go through the process of dying? It's because God leads us into it. God calls us into it. And you say yes to that call. Think about Jesus. He was perfect God who came as a man. But there was a Father's will. You must go to the cross. You must be that grain of wheat that will fall into the ground and die. It was the call of God. So there's a call of God, a call that comes to you and me in different times of life and God says, I want you to die to yourself in this area of life. Will you do it? There's a call that comes. And like Jesus, we may struggle in the garden He was there praying and he said, Lord, if at all it's possible, let this cup pass from me. But, not my will, but yours be done. If I have to go to the cross, I will go. He went through it. And then was resurrection. There can be no resurrection without a death. There can be no multiplication without a dying. There can be no much gain without first a grain of wheat falling to the ground and dying to yourself. 
So sometimes God calls us. He says, I want you to go through this. Come, let me lead you. Think about the man, Apostle Paul. When Jesus encountered him and described his calling, he said, Paul, you're going to bear my name before Gentiles. You're going to bear my name before kings. I have a great call for your life. Paul must have been so excited. The next thing he knows, he's spending 13 years, maybe 14 years, in the deserts of Arabia. Nobody knows who he is, what he's doing. This is the man called to be an apostle. This is the man who's called to write the two-thirds of the New Testament. Now, in seclusion, in isolation, nobody knows what he's doing. Maybe he was preaching and doing ministry, but nothing written about it. And this is the man who wrote, What things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. He said yes to the call that took him through a process of dying. But at the end of those 14 years, when he came back to Antioch, now suddenly the man whom nobody had heard about now comes to be known as an apostle. And he completes in the the remaining years everything God had called him to do, writes two-thirds of the New Testament, completes his course. God knows the timings of our lives. Amen. He knows that. So what does God seek to accomplish in our lives as he allows this process of dying in different areas of our lives? What does God seek to accomplish? And I just want to present two things. I believe one of the things that God wants to accomplish through our lives is that he wants us to, he wants to align us to his will and conform us to his likeness. He wants to align us to his will and conform us to his likeness. And that cannot happen without the process of dying in many areas of our lives. So God aligns us to his will. He conforms us to his likeness through these cycles where he takes us through the process of dying in our lives. So when God calls you and and you go through a process where, where, where everything you've dreamed of is being crushed, you're going through difficulties, you're going through unexpected challenges in your life, you're going through the process of dying, just understand, there's a good work happening in you. He's aligning you to his will and he's conforming you to his likeness. Amen. The second thing I believe God works in us as we go through this process of dying is that every time we're in the process of dying, it's an opportunity for God to show the power of His grace. Because can you imagine, you are in the middle of your cycle of dying and God is working through you to release life to somebody else. You're dying, but through you, life is coming to somebody else. You're in the middle of your cycle of death, and you're as weak as weak can be, but God uses you to bring strength to another person. How can this be? It's called the power of grace. Think about the Apostle Paul. You know, he's the one who said, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. We can cast down imaginations, every high thing and all this stuff. 
He's the one who wrote for us Ephesians chapter 6 and said, you know, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. You'll be able to stand against every work of the devil. But in his own life, here's what was happening. In 2 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, verses 7 through 9, the Bible says, you know, because of the abundance of revelations given to me, Paul says, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan. Now, just a side note, the thorn in the flesh was not some sickness or disease. It was a messenger of Satan. It was a demonic power that was coming against Paul. To buffet me. That means it came against Paul repeatedly. This demonic power coming against Paul over and over and over again. Attacking him. Bringing hardship. Bringing difficulty. Putting obstruction to the work and ministry that he was doing. And Paul said, for this thing I prayed three times to God. Then I jokingly say, one to the Father, one to the Son, one to the Holy Spirit. Three times. But the answer was the same. Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is enough for you. I'm not going to take the devil out. I'm going to just let him keep coming, keep buffeting you. Let him keep coming. But in every time he comes, I want you to remember my grace is sufficient. So can you imagine... Paul is going and being a blessing to all other people. He's casting out devils. He's bringing deliverance to the lives of other people. But in his own life, and God saying, I'm not going to take that devil away. My grace is sufficient for you. So what was Paul's response? He says, therefore, I'll be so glad when I'm going through difficulty because in, when I am weak, that's when I'm really strong. Because in my weakest point is the greatest measure of His grace working in my life. That's when I can release life to others. That's when I can bring healing to others. That's when I can bring deliverance to others. Because when I am weak, that's when I am really strong because I have the greatest measure of His grace working through me. So in those moments, as you're going to your middle of your cycle of death, you are weak and yet God wants to work through you to bring strength to other broken lives. You are dying and yet God wants to work through you to bring life to others who are hurting. And you're saying, God, this cannot be. But God says, that's when I'm glorified the most because in your weakness is my greatest grace manifested. Amen. That's what the Bible says. You know your calling brethren. This is in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 21. Almost says, you know your calling brethren. How not many wise men after this world. How not many noble. How not many powerful. But God has chosen the weak things of this world. To confound the things that are strong. He has chosen the things that are foolish. To confound things that are wise. He has chosen things that are nothing. To bring to nothing things that are. So that no flesh should glory in his presence. Amen. So are you in the middle of a process of dying. In your life. God's working in you. To align you to his will. And conform you to his character. His likeness. And in those moments. I love God to also work through you. Because that's the power of his grace. 
Amen. What should our response be as we go through these processes of dying in our lives when things happen that are really seem to be putting you into the ground? What should happen? Here are some thoughts I just want to share with us. Recognize what God is doing. It is so important for us to understand what God is doing in our lives. If you don't understand, then you'll tend to fight it. You'll tend to rebel against it. Be angry with God. Hey, chill. You know, God is taking you to a process of dying and it's for your good. Relax. Don't get angry with God. Because without death, there can be no resurrection. Without dying, there can be no multiplication. So relax. God is taking you for something good. But the process is a little difficult. So don't get angry with God. Recognize what God is doing. Secondly, yield to it. When you recognize that this is God at work and this is what he's trying to do in my life, it becomes easy for you to yield to it and say, yes, Lord, thy will be done in my life. Yield to it. There's no point in fighting. I mean, imagine, you know, you put a seed in the ground and then the seed wants to jump out of the ground. It doesn't want to stay there. Nothing, nothing's going to happen if the seed comes out of the ground. It's got to remain there. However long, a week, a few days, a week, months. So yield to it. that God wants to bring. Yield to the conforming that God wants to bring in our lives. Yield to it. It's like the seed, you know, when it's put in the ground, those outside cannot see what's happening, but yet there are things that are happening. That seed is undergoing a process of change. Now, those of you who studied biology, you can describe all the stages of germination and all that stuff, you know. You can describe this is what's happening under the ground. The seed is going through a process of change. But those outside can't see it. It's happening on the inside. So while you are going through your process of dying, there might not be much glamour on the outside. Nothing happening. Yeah, what's he going? What's he talking? Saying some resurrection is coming. Some multiplication is coming. Because that's happening beneath the surface. They cannot see the alignment to his will that's taking place in your heart. They cannot see the conforming to his character that's being forged in the inner recesses of your spirit. They cannot see those things. It's happening below the surface. And you are just yielding to his working. Say, yes, Lord, do it. Yield to his working. During this process of dying, it is so important for us to keep our eyes on what is eternal and release what is temporal. Because that's what Jesus said in verse 25. He said, if you love your life, if you lose your life, you will keep it. But if you lose your life, you let it go, then if you love your life, you will lose it. If you release your life, you will keep it for what's eternal. 
So in this process of dying, God may call you and me to release things that are temporal, things that you want to hold on to. God says, let it go. Let it go. Let it go. How can you do it? Because your eyes on what's eternal. You're not living for the temporal. You're living for the eternal. And you know that if you were to lose your life, for his sake, you will gain it. Amen? Keep your eyes on what's eternal. The Apostle Paul put it like this. He said, you know, in 2 Corinthians 4, 18, 19, 20, he said, For we know that our light affliction, the little difficulties we face, is working for us a far more eternal weight of glory. Meaning, what we are going through, it cannot be compared to what this will be revealed to us. We are being prepared for a greater work of glory. So, this is just light affliction. And then he says, therefore, we do not lose heart. Don't become discouraged. We don't lose heart. Just because you're going through some difficulty in life. Just because you're going through a process of dying in your life. Do not lose heart. Therefore, we do not lose heart. For we do not look at things which are temporal, but at things which are eternal. For what is temporal passes away, but what's eternal will remain. So we don't lose heart. So as you're going through this process of dying in your life, don't become discouraged. Just understand you're in the process that is going to eventually bring you to resurrection. It's going to bring you to a place of increased influence, increased multiplication, fruitfulness. It's going to bring you to that. So be happy. Enjoy the process. It's painful, but enjoy it. Amen? Because you know where it is taking you. And Jesus concluded that passage by saying, you know, if anybody wants to serve me, let them follow me. If you want to serve God, this is the process. Follow me in it, is what Jesus said. What's the process? He said, I'm going to be glorified, but before I can be glorified, verse 24, the grain of wheat must fall on the ground and die. But if it dies, it will bring forth much grain. If you want to serve me, follow me through this. Do you want to serve God? Here's the process. If anyone wants to serve me, follow me through this process is what Jesus said. I am the grain of wheat. I'm about to fall on the ground and die. But I know when I die, there will be increased measure of fruitfulness Jesus said, if anyone wants to serve me, let them follow me. Follow me through this process of dying. But he said, here's a promise I make. If anybody serves me, him, my father, will honor. When you've come out to this process of dying, it positions you to receive honor from God. God will pour out his honor on your life. Something that no man can give. Something that is worth more than your highest achievements. Is the honor that God bestows on your life. Because you have followed him through the process of dying. 
Amen. I want everyone to pray, and I want to pray. Just stretch your hands out towards those of our brothers and sisters and friends who come forward here. I want you to stretch your hands out. Father, we just want to pray strength and grace in each of our the lie each life, Lord God, each brother and sister, each one here. Even this moment, Lord God, let there be an impartation of much more grace, more grace. Lord, your word says that you are close to those who are of a broken and a contrite spirit. That in our brokenness, we experience your closeness. That God, your word says, you give more grace to those who are humble. And so we humble our hearts before you and we say, give us more grace. More grace. May more grace be given, Father, to each one who's standing here. To recognize what you're doing. To yield to it. To surrender to it. Not to fight it. Not even to be confused about it. But to yield to it. And to welcome your working in our lives. Father, I pray that by your word and by your Holy Spirit. There will be a lining of our will to your will. There will be a conforming of our, us to your likeness. Lord, I just pray over people here this morning in whose life discouragement has set in. and There is a deep sense of discouragement. This morning, I pray that it will lift. That every deep sense of discouragement will be removed from their minds from their hearts that it will lift morning will come morning will break forth there will be light there will be a sense of assurance there will be hope for the future that God the lives will light up that heaviness and discouragement be broken this morning let courage and strength and confidence and the joy of the Lord come into every heart and every life this morning, God. Let the joy of the Lord come in. Let the joy of the Lord come in. Fill every heart with joy. Fill every heart with joy. Let there be singing in every heart, in every mouth of God. Let there be laughter in the midst of trials. Let there be laughter. Let there be joy. Let there be a sense of assurance. Knowing that when this is all over. There will be increase. There will be much grain. There will be multiplication. There will be increase. There will be resurrection. There will be great glory. There will be the honor of God bestowed on every life. So let joy come in. Let joy come in. I want you to pray right now. Every one of you have come forward. Maybe the people standing at the back. I want you to pray. And I want you to thank the Lord right now. Saying, God, thank you. That resurrection is coming. 
Thank you, God, multiplication is coming. Thank you, a time of honor is coming upon my life. Thank you, the glory is coming, God. Yes, this process is painful. This dying is painful. This, this aligning to your will, this conforming to your likeness, it's not easy, God. But just like a seed sown in the ground, I'm willing to be that seed. And I do it with joy because I know resurrection is coming. I know, Lord, multiplication will come, increase will come. I want you to pray that way. I want you to give thanks to God. Give thanks to God and just thank Him for what is up ahead. Thank Him for what is coming. Lord, we thank You. Thank You, Lord. When it's all done, when it's all done, we're going to look back and laugh. We're going to look back and say, wow, it was worth it. It was worth it. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And if any man serve me, which means he's following me, him, my father, will honor. Honor will come. Father, thank you for what you're doing this moment, Lord, as we stand before you in your presence. Thank you that we can leave this place encouraged, knowing that victory is guaranteed. Victory is sure. You're on our side. I thank you for doing that in Jesus' name. Amen. We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also, visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.